0: Chapter seven of Japan an attempt at interpretation by Lafkardio Hearn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Developments of Shinto The teaching of Herbert Spencer that the greater gods of a people, those figuring in popular imagination as creators, or as particularly directing certain elemental forces, represent a later development of ancestor worship is generally accepted today. Ancestral ghosts, considered as more or less alike in the time when primitive society had not yet developed class distinctions of any important character, subsequently became differentiated, as the society itself differentiates into greater and lesser. Eventually, the worship of some one ancestral spirit or group of spirits overshadows that of all the rest and the supreme deity or group of supreme deities becomes evolved. But the differentiations of the ancestor cult must be understood to proceed in a great variety of directions. Particular ancestors of families engaged in hereditary occupations may develop into tutular deities presiding over those occupations, patron gods of crafts and guilds. Out of other ancestral cults. Through various processes of mental association may be evolved the worship of deities of strength, of health, of long life, of particular products, of particular localities. When more light shall have been thrown upon the question of Japanese origins, it will probably be found that many of the lesser tutelar or patron gods, now worshipped in the country, were originally the gods of Chinese or Korean craftsmen but i think that japanese mythology as a whole will prove to offer few important exceptions to the evolutional law indeed shinto presents us with the mythological hierarchy of which the development can be satisfactorily explained by that law alone besides the uchigami there are myriads of superior and of inferior deities there are the primal deities of whom only the names are mentioned apparitions of the period of chaos and there are the gods of creation who gave shape to the land there are the gods of earth and sky and the gods of the sun and moon also there are gods beyond counting supposed to preside over all things good or evil in human life birth and marriage and death riches and poverty strength and disease It can scarcely be supposed that all this mythology was developed out of the old ancestor cult in Japan itself. More probably, its evolution began on the Asiatic continent. But the evolution of the national cult, that form of Shinto which became the state religion, seems to have been Japanese, in the strict meaning of the word. This cult is the worship of the gods from whom the emperors claimed descent the worship of the imperial ancestors. It appears that the early emperors of Japan, the heavenly sovereigns, as they are called in the old records, were not emperors at all in the true meaning of the term, and did not even exercise universal authority. They were only the chiefs of the most powerful clan, or Oji, and their special ancestor cult had probably in that time no dominant influence. But eventually... When the chiefs of this great clan really became supreme rulers of the land, their clan cult spread everywhere and overshadowed, without abolishing, all the other cults. Then arose the national mythology. We therefore see that the course of Japanese ancestor-worship, like that of Aryan ancestor-worship, exhibits those three successive stages of development before mentioned— It may be assumed that on coming from the continent to their present island home, the race brought with them a rude form of ancestor-worship, consisting of little more than rites and sacrifices performed at the graves of the dead. When the land had been portioned out among the various clans, each of which had its own ancestor-cult, all the people of the district belonging to any particular clan would eventually adopt the religion of the clan-ancestor and thus arose the thousand cults of the Uchigami. Still later, the special cult of the most powerful clan developed into a national religion, the worship of the goddess of the sun, from whom the supreme ruler claimed descent. Then, under Chinese influence, the domestic form of ancestor worship was established in lieu of the primitive family cult. Thereafter, offerings and prayers were made regularly in the home where the ancestral tablets represented the tombs of the family dead but offerings were still made on special occasions at the graves and the three shinto forms of the cult together with later forms of buddhist introduction continued to exist and they rule the life of the nation today it was the cult of the supreme ruler that first gave to the people a written account of traditional beliefs the mythology of the reigning house furnished the scriptures of shinto and established ideas linking together all the existing forms of ancestor worship all shinto traditions were by these writings blended into one mythological history explained upon the basis of one legend the whole mythology is contained in two books of which english translations have been made the oldest is entitled kochiki or records of ancient matters and it is supposed to have been compiled in the year seven hundred and twelve a d the other and much larger work is called nihongi chronicles of nihon japan and dates from about seven hundred and twenty a d both works profess to be histories, but a large portion of them is mythological, and neither begins with a story of creation. They were compiled, mostly, from all tradition, we are told, by imperial order. It is said that a yet earlier work, dating from the 7th century, may have been drawn upon, but this has been lost. No great antiquity can, therefore, be claimed for the texts as they stand. But they contain traditions which must be very much older, possibly thousands of years older. The Kojiki is said to have been written from the dictation of an old man of marvellous memory. And the Shinto theologian Hirata would have us believe that traditions thus preserved are especially trustworthy. It is probable, he wrote, that those ancient traditions preserved for us by exercise of memory, have, for that very reason, come down to us in greater detail than if they had been recorded in documents. Besides, man must have had much stronger memories in the days before they acquired the habit of trusting to written characters for facts which they wished to remember, as is shown at the present time in the case of the illiterate, who have to depend on memory alone. We must smile at Hirata's good faith in the changelessness of oral tradition. But I believe that folklorists would discover in the character of the older myths intrinsic evidence of immense antiquity. Chinese influence is discernible in both works. Yet certain parts have a particular quality not to be found, I imagine, in anything Chinese. A primeval, artlessness, a weirdness, and a strangeness having nothing in common with other mythical literature for example we have in the story of izanagi the world maker visiting the shades to recall his dead spouse a myth that seems to be purely japanese the archaic navity of the recital must impress anybody who studies the literal translation i shall present only the substance of the legend which has been recorded in a number of different versions note see for these different versions aston's translation of the nihongi volume 1 end of note when the time came for the fire god kagutsuchi to be born his mother izanami-no-mikoto was burned and suffered change and departed then izanagi-no-mikoto was rough and said oh THAT I SHOULD HAVE GIVEN MY LOVED YOUNGER SISTER IN EXCHANGE FOR A SINGLE CHILD. HE CRAWLED AT HER HEAD, AND HE CRAWLED AT HER FEET, WEEPING AND LAMENTING. AND THE TEARS WHICH HE SHED FELL DOWN AND BECAME A DEITY. THEREAFTER Izanagi NO MIKOTO WENT AFTER IZANAMI NO MIKOTO INTO THE LAND OF YOMI, THE WORLD OF THE DEAD then izanami no mikoto appearing still as she was when alive lifted the curtain of the palace of the dead and came forth to meet him and they talked together and izanagi no mikoto said to her i have come because i sorrowed for thee my lovely younger sister o my lovely younger sister the lands that i and thou were making together are not yet finished therefore Come back. Then Izanami no Mikoto made answer, saying, My august lord and husband, Lamentable it is that thou didst not come sooner, For now I have eaten of the cooking range of Yomi. Nevertheless, as I am thus delightfully honored By thine entry here, my lovely elder brother, I wish to return with thee to the living world, Now I go to discuss the matter with the gods of Yomi. Wait thou here, and look not upon me. So having spoken, she went back, and Izanagi waited for her. But she tarried so long within that he became impatient. Then, taking the wooden comb that he wore in the left bunch of his hair, he broke off the tooth from one end of the comb and lighted it, and went in to look for izanami no mikoto but he saw her lying swollen and festering among worms and eight kinds of thunder gods sat upon her and izanagi being overawed by that sight would have fled away but izanami rose up crying thou hast put me to shame why didst thou not observe that which i charged thee thou hast seen my nakedness now i will see thine and she bade the ugly females of yomi to follow after him and slay him and the eight thunders also pursued him and izanami herself pursued him then izanagi no mikoto drew his sword and flourished it behind him as he ran but they followed close upon him he took off his black headdress and flung it down, and it became changed into grapes. And while the ugly ones were eating the grapes, he gained upon them, but they followed quickly. And he then took his comb and cast it down, and it became changed into bamboo sprouts. And while the ugly ones were devouring the sprouts, he fled on until he reached the mouth of Yomi. Then taking a rock, which it would have required the strength of a thousand men to lift, he blocked therewith the entrance as Izanami came up. And standing behind the rock, he began to pronounce the words of divorce. Then, from the other side of the rock, Izanami cried out to him. My dear lord and master, if thou dost so, in one day, will I strangle to death a thousand of thy people. And Izanagi no Mikoto answered her, saying, My beloved younger sister, if thou dost so, I will cause in one day to be born fifteen hundred. But the deity Kukurihime no Kami then came and spake to Izanami some word which she seemed to approve, and thereafter she vanished away. The strange mingling of pathos with nightmare terror in this myth of which I have not ventured to present all the startling naivety, sufficiently proves its primitive character. It is a dream that someone really dreamed, one of those bad dreams in which the figure of a person, beloved, becomes horribly transformed, and it has a particular interest as expressing that fear of death and of the dead informing all primitive ancestor worship. The whole pathos and weirdness of the myth The vague monstrosity of the fancies, the formal use of terms of endearment in the moment of uttermost loathing and fear, all impress one as unmistakably Japanese. Several other myths, scarcely less remarkable, are to be found in the Kojiki and Nihongi, but they are mingled with legends of so light and graceful a kind that it is scarcely possible to believe these latter to have been imagined by the same race. The story of the magical jewels and the visit to the sea-god's palace, for example, in the second book of the Nihongi, sounds oddly like an Indian fairy tale, and it is not unlikely that the Kojiki and Nihongi both contain myths derived from various alien sources. At all events, the mythical chapters present us with some curious problems which yet remain unsolved. Otherwise, the books are dull reading in spite of the light which they shed upon ancient customs and beliefs and generally speaking japanese mythology is unattractive but to dwell here upon the mythology at any length is unnecessary for its relation to shinto can be summed up in the space of a single brief paragraph in the beginning neither force nor form was manifest and the world was a shapeless mass that floated like a jellyfish upon water. Then, in some way, we are not told how, earth and heaven became separated. Dim gods appeared and disappeared, and at last there came into existence a male and a female deity, who gave birth and shape to things. By this pair, Izanagi and Izanami, were produced the islands of Japan and the generations of the gods and the deities of the sun and moon. The descendants of these creating deities and of the gods whom they brought into being were the eight thousand or eighty thousand Myriads of gods worshipped by Shinto. Some went to dwell in the blue plain of high heaven. Others remained on earth. And became the ancestors of the japanese race such is the mythology of the kochiki and the nihongi stated in the briefest possible way at first it appears that there were two classes of gods recognized celestial and terrestrial and the old shinto rituals norito maintain this distinction but it is a curious fact that the celestial gods of this mythology do not represent celestial forces, and that the gods who are really identified with celestial phenomena are classed as terrestrial gods, having been born or produced upon earth. The sun and moon, for example, are said to have been born in Japan, though afterwards placed in heaven. The sun goddess Amaterasu no Ohokami, having been produced from the left eye of Izanagi and the moon-god Tsukiyomi no Mikoto, having been produced from the right eye of Izanagi, when, after his visit to the underworld, he washed himself at the mouth of a river in the island of Tsukushi. The Shinto scholars of the 18th and 19th centuries established some order in this chaos of fancies by denying all distinction between the celestial and terrestrial gods, except, as regarded, the accident of birth. They also denied the old distinction between the so-called age of the gods, Kamiyo, and the subsequent period of the empress. It was true, they said, that the early rulers of Japan were gods, but so were also the later rulers. The whole imperial line, the sun's succession, represented one unbroken descent from the goddess of the sun. Hirata wrote, there exists no hard and fast line between the age of the gods and the present age, and there exists no justification whatever for drawing one as the Nihangi does. Of course this position involved the doctrine of a divine descent for the whole race, inasmuch as, according to the old mythology, the first Japanese were all descendants of gods, and that doctrine here at boldly accepted all the japanese he averred were of divine origin and for that reason superior to the people of all other countries he even held that their divine descent could be proved without difficulty these are his words the descendants of the gods accompanied ninigi no mikoto grandson of the sangodas and supposed founder of the imperial house as well as the offspring of the successive mikados who entered the ranks of the subjects of the mikados with the names of taira minamoto and so forth have gradually increased and multiplied although numbers of japanese cannot state with certainty from what gods they are descended all of them have tribal names kabane which were originally bestowed on them by the mikados and those who make it the province to study genealogies can tell from a man's ordinary surname who his remotest ancestor must have been all the japanese were gods in this sense and their country was properly called the land of the gods shinkoku or kami no kuni are we to understand Hirata literally i think so but we must remember that there existed in feudal times large classes of people outside of the classes officially recognized as forming the nation who were not counted as japanese nor even as human beings these were pariahs and reckoned as little better than animals hirata probably referred to the four great classes only samurai farmers artisans and merchants but even in that case what are we to think of his ascription of divinity to the race in view of the moral and physical feebleness of human nature the moral side of the question is answered by the shinto theory of evil deities gods of crookedness who were alleged to have originated from the impurities contracted by isanagi during his visit to the underworld as for the physical weakness of man That is explained by a legend of Ninigi no Mikoto, divine founder of the imperial house. The goddess of long life, Iha Nagahime, rock-long princess, was sent to him for wife. But he rejected her because of her ugliness, and that unwise proceeding brought about the present shortness of the lives of men. Most mythologies ascribe vast duration. To the lives of early patriarchs or rulers the farther we go back into mythological history the longer lived are the sovereigns to this general rule japanese mythology presents no exception the son of ninigi no mikoto is said to have lived five hundred and eighty years at his palace of Takachihu, but that remarks hirata was a short life compared with the lives of those who lived before him Thereafter men's bodies declined in force. Life gradually became shorter and shorter. Yet, in spite of all degeneration, the, the Japanese still show traces of their divine origin. After death, they enter into a higher divine condition without, however, abandoning this world. Such were Hirata's views. Accepting the Shinto theory of origins, this ascription of divinity to human nature proves less inconsistent than it appears at first sight and the modern shintoist may discover a germ of scientific truth in the doctrine which traces back the beginnings of life to the sun more than any other japanese writer hirata has enabled us to understand the hierarchy of shinto mythology corresponding closely as we might have expected to the ancient ordination of japanese society. In the lowermost ranks are the spirits of common people, worshipped only at the household shrine or at graves. Above these are the genteel gods, or Uchigami, ghosts of old rulers now worshipped as tutelar gods. All Uchigami, Hirata tells us, are under the control of the great god of Izumo, Kuni nushi no kami, and, acting as his agents, they rule the fortunes of human beings before their birth during their life and after their death this means that the ordinary ghosts obey in the world invisible the commands of the clan-gods or tutelar deities that the conditions of communal worship during life continue after death the following extract from hirata will be found of interest not only as showing the supposed relation of the individual to the Uchigami, but also as suggesting how the act of abandoning one's birthplace was formally judged by common opinion. When a person removes his residence, his original Uchigami has to make arrangements with the Uchigami of the place whither he transfers his abode. On such occasions it is proper to take leave of the old god and to pay a visit to the temple of the new god. As soon as possible, after coming within his jurisdiction, the apparent reasons which a man imagines to have induced him to change his abode may be many, but the real reasons cannot be otherwise than that either he has offended his ujigami and is therefore expelled, or that the ujigami of another place has negotiated his transfer. Note, translated by Sato. End of note. It would thus appear that every person was supposed to be the subject, servant, or retainer of some uchigami, both during life and after death. There were, of course, various grades of these clan gods, just as there were various grades of living rulers, lords of the soil. Above ordinary uchigami ranked the deities worshipped in the chief Shinto temples of the various provinces, which temples were termed ichinomiya or temples of the first grade these deities appear to have been in many cases spirits of princes or greater daimyo formerly ruling extensive districts but all were not of this category among them were deities of elements or elemental forces wind fire and sea deities also of longevity of destiny and of harvests Land gods, perhaps originally, though their real history had been long forgotten. But above all other Shinto divinities rank the gods of the imperial cult, the supposed ancestors of the Mikados. Of the higher forms of Shinto worship, that of the imperial ancestors proper is the most important, being the state cult. But it is not the oldest. There are two supreme cults, that of the sangodas, represented by the famous shrines of Ise, and the Izumo cult, represented by the great temple of Kitsuki. This Izumo temple is the center of the more ancient cult. It is dedicated to Ohokuni Nushi no Kami, first ruler of the province of the gods, and offspring of the brother of the sangodas dispossessed of his realm in favour of the founder of the imperial dynasty, Ohokuni Nushi no Kami, became the ruler of the unseen world, that is to say, the world of ghosts. And to his shadowy dominion the spirits of all men proceed after death, and he rules over all of the Uchigami. We may therefore term him the Emperor of the Dead. You cannot hope, Hirata says, to live more than a hundred years under the most favourable circumstances. But as you will go to the unseen realm of Ohokuni Nushi no Kami after death and be subject to him, learn betimes to bow down before him. That weird fancy expressed in a wonderful fragment by Coleridge, The Wanderings of Cain, would therefore seem to have actually formed an article of ancient Shinto faith, the lord is god of the living only the dead have another god the god of the living in old japan was of course the mikado the deity incarnate arahito Gami, and his palace was the national sanctuary the holy of holies within the precincts of that palace was the kashiko do Koro, place of awe the private shrine of the imperial ancestors where only the court could worship the public form of the same cult being maintained at ise but the imperial house worshipped also by deputy and still so worships both at Kitsuki and ise and likewise at various other great sanctuaries formerly a great number of temples were maintained or partly maintained from the imperial revenues all shinto temples of importance used to be classed as greater and lesser shrines there were three hundred and four of the first rank and two thousand eight hundred and twenty eight of the second rank but multitudes of temples were not included in this official classification and depended upon local support the recorded total of shinto shrines to-day is upwards of one hundred ninety five thousand we have thus without counting the great izumo cult of Ohokuni nushi no kami four classes of ancestor worship the domestic religion the religion of the Uchigami, the worship at the chief shrines Ichinomiya, of the several provinces and the national cult at Ise all these cults are now linked together by tradition and the devout shintoist worships the divinities of all collectively in his daily morning prayer occasionally he visits the chief shrine of his province and he makes a pilgrimage to ise if he can every japanese is expected to visit the shrines of ise once in his lifetime or to send thither a deputy inhabitants of remote districts are not all able of course to make the pilgrimage but there is no village which does not at certain intervals send pilgrims either to kitsuki or to ise on behalf of the community the expense of such representation being defrayed by local subscription and furthermore every japanese can worship the supreme divinities of shinto in his own house whereupon a god-shelf kamidana are tablets inscribed with the assurance of their divine protection holy charms obtained from the priests of ise or of Kitsuki. in the case of the ise cult Such tablets are commonly made from the wood of the holy shrines themselves, which, according to primal custom, must be rebuilt every twenty years, the timber of the demolished structures being then cut into tablets for distribution throughout the country. Another development of ancestor worship, the cult of gods presiding over crafts and callings, deserves special study. Unfortunately, we are as yet little informed upon the subject, Anciently, this worship must have been more definitely ordered and maintained than it is now. Occupations were hereditary, artisans were grouped into guilds, perhaps we might even say castes, and each guild or caste then probably had a patron deity. In some cases, the craft gods may have been ancestors of Japanese craftsmen, in other cases They were perhaps of Korean or Chinese origin, ancestral gods of immigrant artisans who brought their cults with them to Japan. Not much is known about them, but it is tolerably safe to assume that most, if not all, of the guilds were at one time religiously organized, and that apprentices were adopted not only in a craft but into a cult. There were corporations of weavers, potters, carpenters arrow-makers bow-makers smiths boat-builders and other tradesmen and the past religious organization of these is suggested by the fact that certain occupations assume a religious character even to-day for example the carpenter still builds according to shinto tradition he dons a priestly costume at a certain stage of the work performs rites and chants invocations and places the new house under the protection of the gods. But the occupation of the swordsmith was in old days the most sacred of crafts. He worked in priestly garb and practiced Shinto rites of purification while engaged in the making of a good blade. Before his smithy was then suspended the sacred robe of rice straw, shimenawa, which is the oldest symbol of Shinto. None, even of his family, might enter there or speak to him and he ate only of food cooked with holy fire the one hundred ninety five thousand shrines of shinto represent however more than clan cults or guild cults or national cults many are dedicated to different spirits of the same god for shinto holds that the spirit of either a man or a god may divide itself into several spirits each with a different character Such separated spirits are called wakamitama, August divided spirits. Thus the spirit of the goddess of food, Toyokobime, separated itself into the god of trees, kukunouchi no kami, and into the goddess of grasses, Kayanu hime no kami. Gods and men were supposed to have also a rough spirit and a gentle spirit. And Hirata remarks, that the rough spirit of Ohokuni Nushi no Kami was worshipped at one temple and his gentle spirit at another. Note Even man had the rough and the gentle spirit, but a god had three distinct spirits, the rough, the gentle, and the bestowing. Respectively termed Aramitama, Nigimitama, and Sakimitama. See Sato's revival of pure Shintao. End of note Also, we have to remember that great numbers of Ujigami temples are dedicated to the same divinity. These duplications or multiplications are again offset by the fact that in some of the principal temples a multitude of different deities are enshrined. Thus, the number of Shinto temples in actual existence affords no indication whatever of the actual number of gods worshipped, nor of the variety of their cults. Almost every deity mentioned in the Kochiki or Nihongi, has a shrine somewhere, and hundreds of others, including many later apotheoses, have their temples. Numbers of temples have been dedicated, for example, to historical personages, to spirits of great ministers, captains, rulers, scholars, heroes, and statesmen. The famous minister of Empress Chingo, Takeno uchi no sukune who served under six successive sovereigns and lived to the age of three hundred years is now invoked in many a temple as a giver of long life and great wisdom the spirit of sugivara no michisane once minister of the emperor daigo is worshipped as the god of calligraphy under the name of Tenjin or temangu children everywhere offer to him the first examples of the handwriting and deposit in receptacles, placed before his shrine, their worn-out writing-brushes. The Soga brothers, victims and heroes of a famous twelfth-century tragedy, have become gods to whom people pray for the maintenance of fraternal harmony. Kato Kiyomaso, the determined enemy of Jesuit Christianity and the greatest captain, has been apotheosized both by Buddhism and by Shinto. Ieyasu is worshipped under the appellation of Toshogu. In fact, most of the great men of Japanese history have had temples erected to them, and the spirits of the Daimyo were, in former years, regularly worshipped by the subjects of their descendants and successors. Besides temples to deities presiding over industries and agriculture, or deities especially invoked by the peasants, such as the goddess of silkworms, the goddess of rice, the gods of wind and weather there are to be found in almost every part of the country what i may call propitiatory temples these latter shinto shrines have been erected by way of compensation to spirits of persons who suffered great injustice or misfortune in these cases the worship assumes a very curious character the worshiper always appealing for protection against the same kind of calamity or trouble as that from which the apotheosized person suffered during life In Izumo, for example, I found a temple dedicated to the spirit of a woman, once a prince's favorite. She had been driven to suicide by the intrigues of jealous rivals. The story is that she had very beautiful hair, but it was not quite black, and her enemies used to reproach her with its color. No mothers having children with brownish hair pray to her that the brown may be changed to black, and offerings are made to her of dresses of hair and Tokyo-coloured prints, for it is still remembered that she was fond of such prints. In the same province there is a shrine erected to the spirit of a young wife, who pined away for grief at the absence of her lord. She used to climb a hill to watch for his return, and the shrine was built upon the place where she waited. And wives pray there to her for the safe return of absent husbands. An almost similar kind of propitiatory worship His practice in cemeteries. Public pity seeks to apotheosize those urged to suicide by cruelty, or those executed for offenses which, although legally criminal, were inspired by patriotic or other motives commanding sympathy. Before their graves offerings are laid and prayers are murmured. Spirits of unhappy lovers are commonly invoked by young people who suffer from the same cause, and among other forms of propitiatory worship, I must mention the old custom of erecting small shrines to spirits of animals, chiefly domestic animals, either in recognition of dumb service rendered and ill-rewarded, or as a compensation for pain unjustly inflicted. Yet another class of tutelar divinities remains to be noticed. Those who dwell within or about the houses of men. Some are mentioned in the old mythology, and are probably developments of Japanese ancestor worship. Some are of alien origin. Some do not appear to have any temples, and some represent little more than what is called animism. This class of divinities corresponds rather to the Roman dii genitalis than to the Greek Demonis. Sui ginsana, the god of wells Kochin, the god of the cooking range. In almost every kitchen there is either a tiny shrine for him or a written charm bearing his name. The gods of the cauldron and saucepan, Kudo no kami and kobe no kami, anciently called Okitsuhiko and Okitsuhime, the master of ponds, Ikenonushi, supposed to make a in the form of a serpent, the goddess of the rice pot, Okama-sama, the gods of the Latrina, who first taught man how to fertilize their fields. These are commonly represented by little figures of paper, having the forms of a man and a woman, but faceless. The gods of wood and fire and metal. The gods likewise of gardens, fields, scarecrows, bridges, hills, woods and streams. And also the spirits of trees, for Japanese mythology has its dryads. Most of these are undoubtedly of Shinto on the other hand we find the roads under the protection of buddhist deities chiefly i have not been able to learn anything regarding gods of boundaries thames as the latins called them and one sees only images of the buddhas at the limits of village territories but in almost every garden on the north side there is a little shinto shrine facing what is called the kimon or demon gate that is to say the direction from which According to Chinese teaching, all evils come, and these little shrines, dedicated to various Shinto deities, are supposed to protect the home from evil spirits. The belief in Kimon is obviously a Chinese importation. One may doubt, however, if Chinese influence alone developed the belief that every part of a house, every beam of it, and every domestic utensil has its invisible guardian, Considering this belief it is not surprising that the building of a house, unless the house be in foreign style, is still a religious act, and that the functions of a master builder include those of a priest. This brings us to the subject of animism. I doubt whether any evolutionist of the contemporary school holds to the old fashioned notion that animism preceded ancestor worship, a theory involving the assumption the belief in the spirits of inanimate objects was evolved before the idea of a human ghost had yet been developed. In Japan it is now as difficult to draw the line between animistic beliefs and the lowest forms of Shinto as to establish a demarcation between the vegetable and the animal worlds, but the earliest Shinto literature gives no evidence of such a developed animism as that now existing. Probably the development was gradual, and largely influenced by chinese beliefs still we read in the kojiki of evil gods who glittered like fireflies or were as orderly as mayflies and of demons who made rocks and stems of trees and the foam of the green waters to speak showing the animistic or phagistic notions were prevalent to some extent before the period of chinese influence and it is significant that Where animism is associated with persistent worship, as in the matter of the reverence paid to strangely shaped stones or trees, the form of the worship is, in most cases, Shinto. Before such objects there is usually to be seen the model of a Shinto gateway, Torii. With the development of animism, under Chinese and Korean influence, the man of old Japan found himself, truly, in a world of spirits and demons. They spoke to him in the sound of tides, and of cataracts in the moaning of wind, and the whispers of leafage, in the crying of birds, and the trilling of insects, in all the voices of nature. For him all visible motion, whether of waves or grasses, or shifting mist or drifting cloud, was ghostly. And the never-moving rock, nay, the very stones by the wayside, were informed of fearless and awful being end of chapter 7 recording by ulindi damaya